everybody, and welcome into this week's episode of Devils in the Details. I'm your host, Michael Bell. Coming alongside me, I got my two knowledgeable puck analysts, Jonathan Height and Louis Pasquale. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm doing really good. Happy to be on another WSU podcast talking about the Devils. The hockey season is in full swing now, and I cannot be more excited. I am doing good as well. Excited to be on the show with you guys. There's obviously a lot to talk about now. It's the best time of the year with plenty of puck on all of our TV screens and back to being in the arena in person as well. So it should be a good episode. Yeah, John, uh, season started up last Tuesday and the Devils have played two games recording this on the Saturday the 14th. They played the last two days and uh, John, you and me have been in the building for one of the two games I was there for the Red Wings game. You were there last night for the game against the Coyotes. So just take taking some early season takeaways away from these first two games. So starting with that first game Thursday night against the Red Wings, uh, Devils started off a little bit slow after their their first uh, first first game with a couple new players like Kyle Toffoli and uh, this is Luke Hughes' first season. But starting off the year, they they went down one nothing. And then they took the lead two to one after a couple goals by Jack Hughes, one on a really disgusting sharp angle, bouncing it off of uh, Detroit's uh, goalie Billy Huso. And then in the second, and then the second goalie just came into the slot and ripped it home. And then the Red Wings tied it up on a power play. Alex DeBrinket, his first of the his first as a Red Wing, and then with only four minutes left, Dougie Hamilton slapped one home from the point. To put the Devils back out in front, Eric Hall got an empty netter, but then the Red Wings scored with about 30 seconds left. But they, was, that's all I could do. Devils hold, held on to win four to three. Vanacek got the win, and he had 32 saves. So um, I'll start with John here. What did you think of that first game against Detroit? Again, a, a team that's kind of hungry to try and get back in the playoffs for the first time in a long while. <clears throat> yeah, I um. First, I thought it was a little bit weird that they opened up against Detroit at home for the second straight season. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, Detroit's a better team now than they were a year ago with the addition of DeBrinket. Um, just a little, little bit strange that they're, they're playing them again on opening night. But um, obviously, you were there, uh, Mike, and I've heard that it was you know a fantastic environment. Um, the Devils, obviously, this is probably their best team they've had in, in, I think, at least a decade. I mean, this team top to bottom is loaded. Um, with just young, elite talent that's locked up for a long time. But in terms of this game, and I'm going to talk about last night just a little bit too, um, I don't think they played remotely close to what their potential is. I mean, um, there's so many guys on this team that really haven't even gotten going yet outside of a couple. Um, and, Louie, you were talking about it all off air. I mean, they still got three points. I just think they didn't really play that well um, early on. Um, they start off slow in both games. In this game specifically, you know, the Red Wings scored first. Um, and honestly, Jack Hughes just, you know, he never takes a game off in this game. Um, having the, the, the two goals and just being a force on both ends of the ice. Um, it's so hard to stop him. And if you can stop him, um, there's still so many ways he could try to beat you, you know, whether it's still being a, a great playmaker, um, just, you know, stripping the puck from you and going down the other end to end. Um, but Tyler Toffoli, I thought had a pretty good debut as well, getting his first point as a devil. Um, him, Hughes, and Brad is a really, really good line. I think they're going to keep together for a while. Um, Jonas Siegenthaler was a guy in this game. Had three assists. Shout out Joe Matthews, his favorite devil. Played really, really well. Um, there's some other people on defense I'll talk a little bit more about when we get to the Coyotes game. Um, but this was a game, you know, Jack Hughes was the catalyst. If Jack Hughes wasn't Jack Hughes, they probably would have lost it. 
um, just because Detroit was kind of hanging around. And again, the Devils just did not start off strong. Um, they just, you know, were a little bit sloppy with the puck. They weren't really creating a lot of offensive zone pressure like we're used to. And, you know, they're arguably a top three fastest team in the league. They might even number be number one at this point um, in the NHL. Um, and, and this game, Detroit was doing a good job at least limiting that early on. And then by the end, obviously, they, they exploded. And, you know, Vitek Vanchek gets the win. Schmid started the second game. But, you know, I still think Vanacek had a pretty good game, all things considered. Um, and again, it was the Jack Hughes show for opening night, basically. Yeah, and I, like I said in the intro, I'm very hot, happy that hockey is back, uh, especially the Devils, because now we get to hop on podcasts like this more often. But uh, I agree with you, John Height. I think that there certainly was a little bit left on the table in terms of how well the Devils played. I don't think they played poorly, but I think they could have played a little bit better. Um, and going back to last year, the first two games, the Devils started 0-2. Now they started 0-2-1. So three points versus zero. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Long season, a lot of game left to be played. But it, it does show improvement, obviously, um, as the team has gotten so much better over the last season as well as into this season. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me for these two games is the Devils' defense. Uh, I think that with, you know, a player like Luke Hughes, who is now going to be a mainstay uh, in the Devils' You know, the defensive pairings for the New Jersey Devils. He's more of an offensive guy. Um, hunkering down and playing good defense is going to make or break the Devils, I think, this season. Uh, it's a little early to say what could make or break, but at least from these first two, that's what I've seen. Um, giving up three goals in two straight games is not really ideal. Um, it's because the Devils offense is very good. They can't afford to do things like that. Because they have, as you mentioned, John, quite a few players who can put the puck in the net and or assist other players. Uh, but, with the defense, it's going to really have to step up, I feel like, uh, going forward because against better teams, giving up three or four goals could be detrimental. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out throughout the season and also the goalie tandem. I know it was a back-to-back, and that's why Vanatek got the start and then Akira Schmid got the start. It'll be interesting to see what Lindy Ruff does now that he's uh, extended as the Devils head coach for a few years. So I, they're probably going to roll with Vanacek for the most part, but it'll also be interesting to see the dynamic between Vanacek and Akira Schmid how much Schmid plays, how much Vanacek plays. So defense tipping up um, is is at least my takeaway, uh, and also the goalie situation. Yeah, and John, you talked about how Jack Hughes, if he wasn't on his game, that Detroit could have possibly had that game. I was in the locker room there, uh, and Dougie Hamilton was talking about Vitek Vanacek, how he was amazing that first period. It could have been 5 nothing after the first period. He said that if he wasn't on his game. So I think Vanacek played great in his season debut, and um, the Devils took a couple penalties. It was kind of back and forth there, and we'll get the penalties more in just a second because now I want to move on to the second game. Last night's game against the Coyotes. It was the Coyotes' season opener. Devils, of course, second uh, half of a back-to-back, both in the same building. And the Coyotes came out swinging. They scored first about six minutes in. Matt Dumbagan is first in his Coyotes' debut. And then in the second period, Sean Dursey got his first as a Coyote as well. Two defensemen scoring. That one was on the power play. Logan Cooley, I know John Hay, well, look, um, Logan Cooley, we'll get them in a second, but uh, he picked up his first point on that uh, power play. And then after that, just absolute chaos ensued where the Devils and Coyotes took about a billion penalties in 10 minutes. And it ended up being um, beneficial toward the Devils' side because Jesper Bratt connected with Jack Hughes on a two-on-one on a four-on-four. And then about four minutes later, Dougie Hamilton got a second goal in two games on a power play goal. It was a five on three, no, um, five on four. And then Jesper Bratt scored his second of the period on a five on three. 
And uh, it's clearly dangerous when the Devils get on a five on three. They basically kept it the whole time, passing around. No uh, holes in that unit. And then, unfortunately, uh, Brendan Smith went to the box late in the third period, which set up another power play and ended up being another power play goal from Nick Schmoltz. And Logan Cooley had a nice no-look pass. He had his second assist of his NHL debut. And then after an eventful overtime with another penalty at the end there, we got to my favorite thing in the world. Just kidding. I hate the shootout. If you know me, you know how much I hate the shootout. But um, ended up being typical Devils fashion, losing the shootout in a pretty one-sided fashion. Devils had two shooters. They missed both times. Coyotes scored on both goals. So it was pretty much over right there in two frames. So, uh, John, you were at this game. Tell me what you thought of it. What do you think of the penalties? Um, are the Devils, should they be worried about all this uh, lack of discipline so far and their overall effort early on in the games? They seem to be getting out to slow starts. Yeah, and I had the night off and I went with a couple of friends. We we went because we wanted to see Logan Cooley's debut. I mean, this is a player. He's been one of the top prospects in hockey for a couple of years now. I still think he's probably going to be the best player in that draft, which is uh, 2022. Um, you know, I don't think Slavkovsky and, and I mean, Nemec is going to be a fantastic hockey player. And, you know, I think in reality, he's probably, Cooley's probably going to be better than Nemec long term. But for the Devils, they really didn't need Cooley um, because they already have, you know, Hughes, Heischer, Mercer, so many already elite centers. They need another D-man. So, again, I think Nemec is going to be a fantastic player. But um, in terms of at least Slavkovsky, I mean, it's night and day. You know, Slavkovsky's a power forward. Logan Cooley is just an electric playmaker. Um, he was making something happen on every on every offensive zone shift that he had. Um, he's just he he sees the game at another level. You talk about um, so the, he had a secondary assist on the the Sean Dersey power play goal. Um, at first, um, his first power play shift, the Coyotes actually couldn't even get the puck in the offensive zone. He was kind of struggling a little bit, but outside of literally one shift, you know, every single time he was setting people up. A couple of guys, you know, missed one timers or just missing easy shots that that should have went in, and clearly would have probably had even more points. Um, but he got the assist on that, and then the Nick Schmaltz play, just a fantastic driving to the center of uh, the slot, nice little behind the back, or, or it was either spinning or behind the back. It happened so fast, past Nick Schmaltz, put it on a platter, and he sent it home. So he had a fantastic debut. Um, I wish that he actually got a chance in the shootout. I was like, come on, it's his first NHL game. He's clearly the best skater outside of maybe Clayton Keller that the Coyotes have. And he, he was one of the best forwards between both teams um, throughout the entire night. But nonetheless, they still they got the win. Like the Coyotes are a team, um, you know, matchup against the Devils. They, they obviously know the Devils are, are a, a, a top five team in the NHL. Um, Coyotes season opener. They have nothing to lose. Um, their problems going to be defense, too. Um, but the Coyotes offense looked really, really good. And again, the Devils got up to a super slow start in this one. Um, you know, sometimes on Twitter they have those deserve to win o meter graphics, and despite all the penalties and stuff, I mean, the Coyotes I think were, were it was pretty resounding that they should have won this game even outside of the shootout and in, in terms of, of that metric. Um, you know, they were just making so many dumb penalties, and they kind of were gift wrapping the Devils back into the game at least throughout the second period. Um, once Dougie Hamilton had a, had that great power play goal, a slap shot from the point. Um, but I kind of described it as Jack Hughes and Jesper Brad were almost playing with their food at that point. Um, that that stretch where Brad scored two goals, he actually almost had a hat trick. He had a breakaway attempt that Veshmelka of uh, Arizona stopped. But once Hughes and Brad were getting going on the power play, there was no way they could stop him. Um, I don't think even Arizona is that bad of a penalty killing team. 
But when you got all these guys, I mean, Toffoli, and the great thing about the Devils, too, is they have, you know, two now perfect, perfectly functioning power play units. I mean, you have Hughes and Toffoli and Palat and, and Brad on one. I mean, guys like Heischer and Meyer and, these, and Mercer, you barely even heard their names throughout the entire night. And even a lot of the first night as well, which shows you just how deep this Devils team is. But I will say the one thing um, in particular outside of the slow start is, and Louie kind of alluded to it, you know, the defense is getting out to a slow start. Um, I don't know why Brendan Smith is still playing for the Devils. I mean, um, you know, he's he's been around the league. He's played for the Rangers, the Hurricanes. He's been all over. Um, great veteran presence. But, I mean, he got exposed a couple of times by Arizona tonight. And I don't get why why, why Simon Nemitz isn't playing yet. Um, he had a great – or he at least the second half of the preseason was really, really good. Um, he showed a lot of potential. You could have just given him maybe like a nine-game stint to start out with. Um, I don't fully get why he didn't make the open night roster. He should be playing over him, bar none. Um, but I mean, Kevin Ball looks okay. Um, you know, obviously Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Siegendahl had a good first game and John Marino looked pretty good as well. But in terms of that bottom pairing, which kind of got exposed, um, you know, Luke Hughes, um, he, he had a couple of really, really nice moves by the blue line, but one of them, he was trying to like go through his legs and he got pickpocketed and the Coyotes almost scored. So you'd, I mean, I have no problem with that. He's a young elite player and he's going to be doing stuff like that. Um, but you need a guy like Nemitz, I think, in there. Um, if this defense continues to struggle, at least with Brennan Smith, he's obviously way more important to the team long term than Brennan Smith. So I'm hoping that they maybe give Nemitz a shot over the course of the first month or two of the season. Yeah, John, you brought up a lot of good points there. Um, talking about the the penalties, um, there are some some rough ones. I think Eric Halla took a penalty right after the Coyotes went up one nothing. Um, you mentioned the. Um, Luke Hughes penalty because of his move, he ended up taking a penalty on that play when he tried to go like through the leg. Um, John Marino actually, I mean, I think Marino played great, made some big plays. He had a delay a game penalty. That was pretty rough, but, um, you've been talking about Cooley. You didn't even mention that he had an embellishment penalty for his first ever penalty in the, uh, the NHL. So it ended up being a four on four with Marino and Cooley both going to the box. And then, of course, you mentioned the, uh, the the Brennan Smith tripping penalty that that led to the tying goal, and it's a it's a big debate there um, with defense and who should be the the, the guy pairing with Luke Hughes as uh, Brennan Smith is playing over Colin Miller, who the Devils signed. I mean, maybe you could throw him in there. Maybe there'll be a kind of a platoon until Nemec is ready. But I thought Nemec played well in the preseason as well. Hopefully, he could see some time this year. But I guess the Devils want to be careful and not rush him up. And, uh, you, John, you also mentioned the, the lines and how deep the Devils are. I think so far this year that one of their top six lines are just, is just clicking. And that line is Toffoli, Hughes, and Brett. Obviously, Hughes leads the league in points very early, of course, but he leads the league with five points. Brett had two goals last night. Toffoli has two assists. But then you look at that other line that's supposed to be the, the, the crack line, the unbelievable line of Meyer, Heischer, and Mercer. That one hasn't really gotten going. Um, Mercer, had a, I think he had a breakaway in that game last night, and he just didn't get it to go as well. Mercer had another good chance in overtime too, but uh, still no points. And then the, the bottom six is really known for the defense, so they haven't really gotten their offensive side yet to that. Um, except I think Plot has a point. Hall got an empty netter. Holtz hasn't gotten it going. He actually took a puck to the face last night, but he returned after getting cut up. Uh, glad to see him back out there, but. Um, I think the defense you mentioned, John, has also a lot of turnover with Severson leaving and Graves leaving and um, Ball having to move up to the second pairing. So it's a lot of shuffling around there. And then, of course, uh, Schmid 
playing his debut last night. So I'm curious to think of, of Louis, your thoughts on how the, the Meyer, he sure and Mercer line hasn't gotten going yet in the, the defensive debate of who should be paired with Luke Hughes. Yeah, well, it's really an interesting thought because if you remember back when the Devils got Timo Meyer uh, last season, it took him a while to get acclimated to the team, acclimated to the system. But then once he was able to feel comfortable, it seemed like, and once he he, he knew his line mates, knew who he was playing with, uh, him as well as his line mates ended up playing better. So it is a bit interesting to see because he had an entire offseason with the Devils, an entire preseason, all that good stuff. Uh, but the, the same kind of thing happened when Timo Meyer originally came to the Devils. So I'm not really worried about that. I don't really think that it will be, you know, an issue, a persisting issue. I think that 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 line can figure it out because, I mean, there's so much talent on that line between Heischer and Meyer and and Mercer. It's it's really going to be a a fun line to watch. And so I don't think that there's going to be a problem in terms of production from that line. I think, you know, John Height uh, talked about that some – some aspects of the Devils starting slow. Uh, this could be another one, uh, but once they get rolling, I think they'll be just fine. And as for Luke Hughes, it, it might be a similar situation um, to the team of Meyer, where like it's going to be the lines might be um, j- jumped around a little bit, and uh, they're going to have to see who works best with Luke Hughes. And we know how skilled he is, both in passing as well as puck handling. I know John, you had talked about an instance where he turned the puck over, but. I'm, I'm with you. I'm perfectly okay with that because most of the time, Luke Hughes is a guy who makes plays with his stick, um, whether it's getting out of the zone because of stick handling or being able to move the puck out of his zone with a nice pass. So uh, it'll be interesting to see also what Lindy Ruff comes up with in terms of defensive pairings. Um, and I think that'll just take time. Uh, we'll see where Luke fits in, which other defenseman pair he plays best with, and then you know, when, when that combination is eventually figured out over the course of 10, 15 games, the Devils will probably roll with that going forward. Yeah, and there's one thing, too, that makes me think of what, what Louie just said. Um, I mean, honestly, all the Hughes brothers are kind of like that. They do give away the puck a lot. You talk about Quinn Hughes on Vancouver and even when Jack Hughes was early on in the league. And he still does it to this day. I mean, that's just the way they play. They're, there's so much explosiveness and offense to their game, but it also comes with the risk of turning the puck over a lot. Um, but... They do so much more good than bad. So that's why with Luke Hughes doing this early on, letting him find his footing, um, I think you know, it, he'll be more than fine. And talk about Colin Miller, maybe give him the, the next game over Brennan Smith on Monday against the Panthers. Um, you know, Brennan Smith needs a break. I, you know, he didn't look good at all last night outside of the penalty, too. He just, you know, the, the, he obviously doesn't have the speed anymore. Um, when you're going up against really fast teams, I mean, the Coyotes do have a lot of speed now and now a lot of skill. So that kind of got exposed last night. Um, but like you mentioned, this is the time to start juggling the lines a little bit, at least the defensive pairings. I wouldn't really touch um, the top six, you know, Heischer and Meyer and Mercer. I mean, that line is going to be, be unbelievable. And Timo Meyer, I mean, he really has not been the true Timo Meyer yet as a devil, whether it was last season or this season. He has not been the player that he was on San Jose, and it was a little bit different um, being in San Jose. He was a majority of the offense. You know, there's so many mouths to feed on this Devils team um, that I just think it's only a matter of time before he kind of goes on a run where, you know, maybe he'll become a point-per-game player this year again. Um, he's just a player that is, again, one of the best power forwards in all of hockey, at least in the last, you know, maybe five years or so, too. He's obviously still young, and the Devils have him locked up for a, a pretty long time, so... Him and Heischer and all those guys will be fine, and you just got to hope that they can fix some stuff on defense, and the Devils will be more than fine after only two games. Yeah, and one more question about this uh, early season run for the Devils after two games. So, obviously, it's most most teams do this on a back-to-back where they start – 
both goalies. So I think going into the year, Lindy Ruff even just wants to go 1A, 1B-ish this year after Schmid's impressive playoff run. So after you've seen both of them play one game and the offseason, we, we were talking about how the goalies might be the question mark for the Devils, might keep them away from a cup or a cup final, and how they should pursue a, a more talented goalie with a resume like uh, Connor Halibux, but now Connor Halibux has been extended to that big deal in Winnipeg, so he's pretty much off the trade market. And you look at other options like Carter Hart or UC Sars, do you think now, John, do you think they should just roll with the two goalies and hope it works? Or um, do you think that could work? Or do they have to revisit this? At the, will they have to revisit it at the deadline and, and look at like a UC Saros or a, even a Carter Hart? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Hellebuck right away because I mean, we would debate on the show like 10 times about him in, in the offseason. And I don't know why the Jets did that since they should be starting to rebuild. But that's a topic for another time. Um, unfortunately, I think for the time being, you kind of just have to ride the hot hand. Vanacek had no issue in the regular season last year, so if he can be like that again, I mean, you're going to probably give him a majority of the work if, if he can play better. Um, Schmid, too, I mean, he's going to be his first real full season, um, you know, potentially in this tandem with him. I do think, though, they need to address it at the deadline. Obviously, the Devils, I'm sure, you know, there's a very, very strong possibility they'll be in a playoff spot, probably competing for the top of the Metro and and the East as a whole. If they're kind of up there still, um, but there's a lot of games where it's, it's it's honestly like these two games where it's a lot of four three, you know, you know five three, a, a lot of games where they're giving up a lot of goals and you know that's not sustainable and that's definitely not sustainable in the playoffs. And they kind of just have to monitor what's going on around the league, like you mentioned, UC Soros. Nashville's kind of a weird team this year. If they start to falter, um, maybe they'll trade him because they have Askarov in the wings. Um, talk about Carter Hart. Maybe there's like a veteran goalie they could bring in that, that has some experience that, that, that could maybe make like a trio. Um, kind of like how Carolina has, you know, Antti Ranta, Freddie Anderson, and they had Peter Kochekov who just got sent down. Um, but I'm sure he'll be back before the season's over. Um, so it really is just something they're going to have to monitor going forward. Take it week by week. And come the deadline, they're going to have to evaluate all options because, you know, they are a cup, they're a cup favorite. They're a cup contender now. This is the first time at the beginning of the season, a long time, they're a cup contender. So if it's just a goalie away, I'm sure, you know, Fitzgerald will do whatever it takes to, to bring someone home to, to lead them to the cup. And also something to note is that as the defense plays better, because I think we assume that it will step up in these, you know, opening games here um, that will look better on the goaltender as well. So finding a line pair for Luke Hughes, seeing if Brendan Smith is, you know, viable at, at that third pairing position, or if another player needs to come in and play defense instead, regardless of whatever the solution is, I think the defense, the, the devil's defense stepping up um, will help the goaltending situation. Now, of course, I mean, if you watch v- Vitek Vanacek play and he's giving up soft goals, then of course there might be a problem there. Same thing with the Kira Schmid. If they decide to, Role with Akira Schmid for a few games, and he also, you know, seems to be underwhelming in net. Then sure, they they might want to address it at the deadline. But I think that if the Devils' defense does step up, like we both think it will, then the goaltending situation will just improve because there will be less chances, there will be less shots on goal, more blocks. Um, and I think that if that's the case, then they might not have to address it at the deadline um, because. 
both these goalies have proven that uh, Akira Schmid in the playoffs, Vitek Vanacek in the, the regular season, like they're not top goalies in the NHL, but they're not bottom either. They're not bottom of the barrel either. So they're both consistent. They both make good saves. They both can play well when needed. Uh, and if that's the case, then I think that it might as well roll with the two goalies that they have, being that they both are, are pretty pretty average to pretty above average goaltenders in the NHL. Um, and then if the Devils defense is up, there really would be no need to go out and get a uh another goalie either whether it's carter hart or uc soros although if you can add uc soros to an nhl team i think you probably would because he is so good um but uh it doesn't it might not necessarily make sense for the devils uh if they feel confident enough in in both their defense as well as their goaltending player from the two goalies that they have yeah louis it seems like the devils it just makes sense for them to keep their tandem for now no need to shake up the chemistry or the locker room necessarily in the year of course but, of course, this uh, this podcast comes out every two weeks. So let's look at the next two weeks before we wrap this up. Let's look at the upcoming games for the Devils. Uh, they have another home game on Monday. They have the weekend off after the back-to-back. They play the reigning Eastern Conference champion, Florida Panthers. They're a little banged up, but that should be an interesting battle. Then they have their first road game of the year on Friday the 20th against the Islanders. Then they go to Montreal on Tuesday the 24th. They're back home on another back-to-back at home against Washington. And then their game two Fridays from now, the 27th, is against Buffalo. So three home games and two road games over the next five for the Devils. So, Louie, what, what do you think with these opponents coming up? What do you think the Devils could do in these five games? Yeah, well, the Devils are going to have to come out strong. Uh, the Devils left a point on the table yesterday with um, the, you know, the Arizona game. And if the Devils you know, want to be one of the upper echelon teams, one of the elite teams in the NHL, then getting off to a hot start early is really important. And also beating up on the teams that are seemingly going to finish much lower than the Devils in the standings. So, you know, a Buffalo is going to be a tough game. Uh, it is at home, though. And that's, I mean, that's a while from now. That's October 27th. Also, I think making use of the break that the Devils have in between. So they play Monday the 16th, then they play Friday the 20th, and then they play Tuesday the 24th. So the Devils have quite a few days off in between those next three games. And I think that the, you know, the practices in between the morning skates, whatever the Devils do uh, in between games early in the season, will be super, super important um, in getting good results in those games. After after that Tuesday, like I mentioned, starts to pick up, start to get in to the very beginning of the hockey season where the games come rapidly. So then they play Wednesday, Friday, and then Sunday. So after the, that little break, they're there, the, the games will happen more frequently, but it's those first few games that would be so important against Florida, New York, Montreal, and all winnable teams for the Devils. And, I mean, you, you look at the schedule, and because the Devils have aspirations of being one of the top teams in the NHL, you got to think every game is a winnable game for the Devils. There's not a team that you look at on the schedule and it's like, uh-oh, the Devils are in trouble. This team is really good. The Devils are good as well. And, I mean, that's going to got to be the mindset heading into these next few games. Uh, as for record prediction, I don't really know. I guess we'll wait and see. We'll see how – we'll see if that second line – uh, starts to heat up, as we mentioned. We'll see if the defense steps up, and we'll see how the goaltending is, too. So I guess that will really determine the Devils' record. But, I mean, the Devils have to come out and take hold of these games and, and win convincingly because it, it'll because starting good uh, early in the season helps for the rest of the season. I mean, Mike, you brought up all the teams, and I'll, I'm going to throw the Wild in there because that closes out October. Um, so it's like six, yeah, or, yeah, however many games it is. Um, 
Actually, you know what? I'll forget the wild game because I think there's a five game set you said. So I'll give my record prediction. Um, I do think the wild game will be close and I'll probably give the advantage to the Devils. Um, they're clearly better, I think, than every single team that you mentioned. You I mean you talk about Florida? You know, I'm not sold on them even after the cup run. I think they're going to beat up Florida after uh, the two slow starts. Um, Islanders is a weird one. You know, whenever it's a divisional game, it's on the road. Anything kind of happen. Um, I'm still going to say they're going to win that one. So, so I'm going to say two and zero. And then you got Montreal. That, that should be a fun game. But the Devils are still better, three and zero. I do think they're going to lose against the Capitals because it's on a back to back, and they have to go from Montreal um, and then play Washington the game after. Um, so I'll say three and one, and then I do think they'll beat the Sabres again. I think they're honestly going to go four and one this next stretch. Um, like you mentioned, you know, it was a back to back. So when you talk about slow starts, you know, there wasn't a lot of time to really recover, even though it's only been two full games of the season. So I'll say four and one. And I, I wouldn't be surprised though. Let's say they do win the Capitals game. They could also lose the Sabres game. I do think the Sabres are the best team that they're playing in this little uh, five game stretch. So I'll say four and one with that, with either losses to the Capitals or the Sabres. Interesting picks there, guys. I think that the Devils will probably be around that range as well. I think I'll go with like a three one and one. They probably maybe lose one in the shootout again. That wouldn't shock me. <laughs> to like a Florida or Buffalo, maybe they lose against the Islanders. The Islanders always play well out at UBS on the Islands. So still early, still a lot to take away from this season, still a lot to do. So we'll check in in two weeks and see where the Devils stand. But for right now, that's good. Wrap up this episode of Devils in the Details. Thank you for tuning in. For Louis Pasquale and Jonathan Hyde, I've been Michael Bellasemini. Again, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.